In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. Wayward Wanderers Hild breathed deeply as she crouched in the shade of the winter-weary rowan tree. She had stopped to slow her breathing and to listen, letting the cool mountain air fill her lungs. The deep Rindus forest was unusually alive today. A squirrel moved nearby, twitching and clucking contentedly to itself with a noisiness that made her smile as it hurried through the undergrowth on some errand of its own. It was good to know that not everyone bore the weight of responsibility, and the simple reminder helped her shoulders relax a bit. She breathed out quietly, watching a puff of white form and disappear in the shadow, then eased the leather strap of her shield over her head. She set its metal-bound rim into the ground, pushing it into the sodden carpet of last year's leaves to make sure it didn't roll away, and glanced at it appraisingly. The bright yellow face and the intricate black raven pattern stood out here even under the trees. She could have put the cover on it before leaving home, perhaps should have for the sake of blending in with her surroundings a bit more. But no, she wanted them to know she was coming. She rolled her head back to ease the stiffness in her neck. She'd been up with the sun, and walking the forested slopes while refreshing was hard work this early in the day. But they were out here, and she must find them. Her father may not have said as much, but he was counting on her. Her father. Gods. Hild paused for a moment, leaned against the tree's trunk and tugged absently at a sleeve. He was so different now, so withdrawn. She couldn't blame him, of course. She had lost a mother as much as he had lost a wife. But the village needed leadership, and the chief was so lost in grief, someone needed to step up. And so she had. Little Hild, the chieftain's daughter. Hild, who until last spring had been content to race the boys through the streets or practice with her bow when she wasn't attending her scaldic training. So much had changed through a hard winter with the long illness, hushed conversations in the hall, and the quiet crying behind closed doors. Still, her father was reluctant to let go. The beer was still on display in the private chamber of the great hall, her mother's body still dressed and covered in goods intended for her burial. The mountain chill had been kind, but Hild found she wanted to be in that place less and less these days. And if her mother wasn't enough, it was even worse to see her father. Sightless eyes, heedless ears, even though he was there in body, he was lost. Lost. Hild was just beginning to surface from her reflections when there was a sudden noise. It sounded like the sliding sound of a whisper full of S's, the sign of someone unused to or uncaring of stealthy movement. A branch nearby sprang back with a rattle, and someone screamed by the trees hooted in a low voice with laughter. Hild remembered laughter. She gathered her feet beneath her and found she was holding her breath now. Around a fir tree with low, drooping boughs came several skulking figures. 
The one in front moved with care, placing his feet where the leaves and twigs weren't, but the three behind were far less careful. In fact, the two at the back were chatting and laughing, to the point they nearly stumbled, which of course made them laugh even more. They drew near where Hild was waiting, and stopped, catching their breath, in a place where the trees parted just enough to open to the sky above, just as Hild had done a couple minutes before. Almost as one, they turned to look back in the direction from which they'd come. It was quite a view. Across the deep gash of a ravine a half-mile distant was a ridge perhaps a hundred feet lower than where they stood now. In between, tumbling down over coarse and jumbled rock, was a foam-wet stream that ran white as it spilled messily along its rocky course, filling the bottom of the cut with a fine mist that seemed to get under one's clothing more quickly than was proper. Where here there were trees, ash, rowan, oak, and fir, the other side was clear and flat and atop it was a familiar town, Hartunstather, seat of Hild's people. Every street, every stone was familiar to her, and she watched the faces of these four as they stared back at the town, at her home, at their home. They stood this way for a long minute, then began to stir. Hild sensed her opportunity and stepped out from the screening branches of her tree, Her voice, unexpected as it was in the stillness, made them all jump when she spoke. So there you are. The leader of the small group leapt and turned around quickly, eyes wide. He was wiry and moved in a way that suggested he was more than happy to bolt through the trees with no thought of his comrades. The others were left flat-footed by Hild's sudden appearance, though, and stood with mouths open and faces white with shock. They might have stood like this until sunset, but Hild did not have the time. She had lessons this afternoon, after all. She took in their faces. Every one was young, at least five winters younger than herself. Her mouth tightened, although as it happened, even she wasn't sure if it was from disapproval or an attempt to hide a smile. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves, sons and daughters of Hartunstader. I know each of you, have seen you in the streets, have heard your infant cries, have eaten with you at high feasts. Alver... Egil, Evura, Gunhildr, what are you thinking? As she said each name, the heads bowed in shame, although Alvar's eyes didn't drop altogether. Would you be like the others who have left hearth for vain riches, left father and mother to weep for you, and for what, to jingle a few coins together? Do you not know there is more to life than gold, when so many have worked to give you all you have? This is your repayment? Do you not know how many like you have sought the coast only to find misery and more? There was a painful silence, and the furtive glances between the culprits flashed here and there. At length, Alvar spoke in a surly tone. My brother left months ago. I go to seek him. Last I heard, last I heard, he had sent word to your mother and father that he was well sick of working the life of a sea wolf and ready to come back to us. Hild's voice was firm and strong. Alvar stopped and glanced down now. Her tone softened. It may not feel exciting to be stuck here in this place, so far from the world outside. I know. I have felt it too. But to leave as so many others have done, to run in the night without even telling your kin, that is not noble, that is not worthy of your heritage. You are all born of ancient warriors whose might helped win this place for us. Do not throw that away. 
she had much more to say. These fresh-faced children had cost her a free morning, after all, and she wasn't particularly happy about that. But she tamped down the irritation and was about to wave them back toward home when there was a ripping sound followed immediately by the smell of approaching rain. Without thinking of how odd this was on such a pristinely cloudless day, Hild's instincts took over, and she swiftly ran across the open place, gathering stunned children as she went and dove into a thicket on the other side where they peered out, hearts thudding together. In moments, a glowing swirl appeared where they had just been standing. Too late, Hild realized she had left her shield leaning against the rowan, and twitched as if to run to get it, but she bit her lip and settled back. She could not show recklessness before these children. They needed her to be steady. The light swirled outward, growing larger, and with a gasp, the hidden watchers realized they could see through the light to an unfamiliar place, a crystalline platform and a blue-gray sky. There was a long pause, and then a short woman stepped through, her red hair gleaming in the mountain sun. Behind her came a scruffy-looking man, and then, to Hild's astonishment, a monstrous thing, in build like a man but with the features of a dragon of lore. Her hands reached for the children, but there was no need. They were crowding against her, even Alva. The newcomers turned and faced the portal expectantly, unaware of their observers. Hild breathed deeply once, twice, then squeezed her eyes shut. She was about to do something her father would once have called headstrong. Well, that is going to be our last recording before we get to Season 6 content. On the 4th of November, we're going to meet to do some recording. We're going to start with the season recap of Season 5. And that way, if you have not been listening for a while and you just want to get a running start into Season 6, you can listen to that and pick that up. So that'll be our first recording of Season 6, and then we'll follow that up with an actual play episode. So we have some good things coming, and we're looking forward to getting back to the table together. We'll see you here again next time, right here at Stack of Dice. In moments, a glowing squirrel. In moments, a glowing swirl. Squirrel, where did that come from? <laughs> what? <laughs>